Welcome to the Redbird's Nest. I'm Big Ray Austin. I'm joined by Remington. Hey, how's it going? And Jake. Hey. And we're uh, we're kicking off season two with our first episode of the year. And starting off, we're starting off with Scott Rowland being inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame and going in as a Cardinal. How how do you feel about that? Um, you know, I'm I'm pretty indifferent about it. I think that Scott Rowland had a great career. Did he have a Hall of Fame career? I'm not really sure, but there's no doubt about it that he was phenomenal. You know, won the all was an All Star many times, won multiple Gold Gloves. Just an all around good guy to have on the team. Um, I was a little shocked whenever they said that he was going to go in with a Cardinals logo on his hat, uh, just because he played for quite a few teams and wasn't just like a one and done at a lot of teams. He had significant time spent in Philly. He had significant time spent with us and Cincinnati. So that kind of shocked me. I expected him to maybe have a blank hat, but all in all, happy for it. Kind of, like I said, indifferent because he had a good career. I could have seen it going either way. Yeah, I, I think that, that that's a good way to put it. I think that it's great that he's a Hall of Famer, and and yeah. <laughs> there you I go. Mean, <laughs> in all seriousness, he did have a good career, and he was really good defensively, and his bat was good for the t- – I mean, what what was his career? Is it 280 281. Yeah, so that's great. Uh, is it – it's no 300, but back then in a time – I mean, now, it, now 281 is like probably – I don't know. Maybe I'm way off base, but I feel like now 281 is better than how 281 was 15 years ago. But maybe I'm wrong. Um, all in all, I, I think that he deserves to be in it, and I'm glad that he is in it, especially with a Cardinals um, Cardinals hat on. So that's that's great. What are your thoughts, Red? I know that you're you're a lot more up on the history and the Hall of Fame and everything than we are. So what are your thoughts on it? Um, my my thoughts are similar to yours, Remy's. Kind of the borderline Hall, very good and Hall of Fame worthy for the time they played, but but I I am glad that another Cardinals going in to the Hall of Fame. Yeah. The thing is, with this, does it kind of make like? I feel like with Scott Rowland, I don't want to say that he was like a fringe Hall of Fame guy, but there's a lot of people saying that he's not a Hall of Famer. So I'm going to call him a fringe guy, and I mean no disrespect for that. But like, Red, what does this do for all of the other fringe guys, specifically those that we didn't think were going to get in? Do they? you think they have more of a shot now? Do you think because Scott Rowland's in that there should be some other people that are inducted? How does that play out? Well... Honestly, I think that there's several several guys that you know missed out this year that I think should win or should already been in, including Jeff Kent, former second baseman of the Giants, Billy Wagner, Francisco Rodriguez, Andrew Jones, and Gary Sheffield. All and Todd Helm all missed out on the Hall of Fame this year. And and Jeff Kent is no longer on the ballot because 
this year was his final year being eligible on the ballot. Yeah. I don't know. This era of like Hall of Fame stuff that we're trying to get into, I'm starting to learn a little bit more about. It's really tough for me because you have to think like Scott Rowland was just starting playing like whenever I can first remember actually having like memories of watching baseball. Like I vaguely remember Scott Rowland playing in St. Louis, like in at the end of his like stint there in like 05, 06, and 07. But like the thing is, whenever I looked at a lot of the guys who were on the ballot here, it's like I recognize names, but if you would ask me whether or not those guys had Hall of Fame careers, I have no idea. No clue. Well, another notable name that also played for the Cardinals that just so happened to miss out this year is Carlos Beltran. I mean, we can see why he missed out this year with his connections to the 2017 Astros World Series fiasco, but Still, uh, even with that, that that one season out, its entire career that's plagued by you know uncertainty, how much things actually help. Right. I don't know. That's about that is about all that I had on the Hall of Fame. Hey, all in all. Happy Scott Rowland got in. Even more happy to have another Cardinal in the Hall of Fame, just adding to the the Cardinal legacy. So, hey, props to him. Yep, right on. All right, enough of that. Let's get into it. Let's get into the reason why we're here. We're talking about everything that we've seen in spring training, all of the major overreactions we're going to have, and you know everything that we're going to predict here moving forward, and talking a little bit about the baseball classic. All right, here's my predictions. Um Jack Flaherty, um, no doubt all-star this year. Jordan Walker won't get called up until September. Uh, Mason Wynn won't get called up until next year. I'm just being I'm just being. Sorry. I was going to say, I, I don't know. Uh, are these very, very bold predictions or what? Uh... <laughs> no, I'm just being silly. I don't I don't think that I even with the bat, like the awesome year so far in spring training that Jordan Walker's had, I don't think that we'll see him on the roster opening day. That's just my take. Maybe in May we will, but I don't, I don't think we'll see him opening day. Um, just yeah. based on kind of the, how things have gone in the past, but yeah, who knows. Yeah, we'll see. I am, I'm very hopeful that he is going to be on the opening day roster. And I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit more. Uh, once we talk about kind of the traffic jam we have in the outfield, but overall I just, I can't just I can't get over how well Jordan Walker is doing in spring training right now. Mm-hmm. Like if you would have asked me to predict the spring training he had or was going to have even if I gave you like the most absurd prediction I could think of it it wouldn't be that he's almost batting 450 right now through playing however many games he's played you would there's no way in hell i would predict that he's like you know near the top of the grapefruit league and hits average ops slugging any of that it's just absolutely phenomenal what he's doing i love it well i think that i probably would have predicted them to have a year or a spring training about how alec burleson's having you know two 240 250 um, driving in some runs, getting taking good at bats. That's kind of what I would have predicted. Um, 
not lights out by any means, but no, he's he's lights out right now, which is good. Hopefully, he keeps it up. Yeah, he. Yeah, it, even it's even in really good defense in the outfield, making great plays out there. I one thing that has surprised me about Jordan Walker that I did not know that he possessed was I didn't know he was as fast as what he was, and maybe it's not the fact that he is just fast as hell. Maybe it's that he's six foot six and can take eight foot long strides. So he has a lot less ground to cover at times, but I think that that's only going to aid him as well. Like that dude can absolutely fly around the base paths. And you know, just from the Cardinals history of calling guys up throughout the season, one thing that we have a tendency to do is call up guys who can run specifically like that is a hundred percent of the reason that old Ben Deluzio got his chances at the end of the season last year, because he can run. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, well, you're going to have that exact same thing in Jordan Walker and have the ability to go up there and hit 450-foot bombs. Like, put put that guy on my team right now. Yeah. Hell, I, I think 450 might be short because I'm pretty sure I just just saw that ball fly by my house not too well, long I'm, I'm, ago. I was saying 450 if he hits it off the end of the bat. Not oh, yeah. Ball. Because I'm pretty sure that the one that was estimated 450 just pet past my house on a Friday. Yeah, it's still going. That's a long way to travel. It is. I'm I'm kind of shocked by that, Red. So, say, say. Of course, I'm joking, but what was this I had no, I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. Wait, you're telling me you actually didn't see that damn ball? Well, so so damn fast that I couldn't tell if it was a ball or just a trick of the light. Oh well, yeah, that'll happen. That'll happen. A, sh- a shooting star. Yeah, <laughs> you should have made a wish. But I mean, okay. Well, if we're gonna talk about Jordan Walker, we might as well talk about something that is becoming more and more of an issue, I think, or that is going to become an issue for the Cardinals this season, and that is our outfield. So, like, what do we do? with this huge traffic jam of guys we have in the outfield right now. Like, let's talk about the situation, and then let's talk about what we do. So, say, I, I don't don't know, but if it were up to me right now, I, I'd probably have Newt Barnwright, Carlson Center, and O'Neal and left. And given that, that could change by... By opening day, of course, but if, if Walker keeps playing like he does, he might, might just force the issue. Well, I think that you're definitely right because I think that is what we're going to see on opening day, regardless. Um, I don't think Tyler O'Neill is having the greatest spring training except for today, whenever Canada whooped yeah. up on Great Britain, but <laughs> given Great Britain is not very good. <laughs> I I didn't think that they were good until they beat Colombia. And yeah. then I was like, "Whoa, wait a second. Yeah, but, Pump the brakes on these guys." Well, I mean, he went 4 for 4 today, but Neil has not. Won. Yeah. Yeah, he he got on base which, all 6 times he came to the plate. Yeah, which is impressive, but last year he he could take a few walks, especially towards the end whenever everybody was thinking he was actually looking good again. Yeah. Um so I I mean, I hope that he does, but I don't. I think that that's what we'll see is those three guys starting 
uh, on opening day. And I think we'll see that for a little while. But I wouldn't be surprised, you know, especially early in the year, if we didn't start seeing a different outfield lineup every single day. Because that was kind of a normal thing last year in the early season, up until probably what? early july or mid july absolutely um so i wouldn't be surprised to see a different lineup every single day yeah yeah because you've got yepes and probably burleson gonna make the 26 man and both of them can play play the outfield or at least some outfield well you know burleson is an outfielder yepes not so much but I, but he 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 he's got the chance to play the outfield. Mm-hmm. He he's like the fifth outfielder, sorta. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that, and I like Burleson, so I'm kind of a lot of people don't as much as I do. I don't think, but I feel like they kind of have to play him at least some because, you know, he was the best bat in all of AAA last year, and that that does speak for something, even if he's not been hot at the majors so far, or even having the best spring training. I, it's not that he can't, I mean, he does, and he's known to take good at bats. And I mean, what, how many home runs did he hit last year? He had to have hit like probably 25 or so. No, I think he only hit like 18. Maybe so. But still, it doesn't matter if you only hit 18 bombs, his batting average in triple a was like three thirty one. And yeah, right. so it's just like, you know, you can't be bad and have a triple A batting average of like 331. Yeah, and it was all triple A games too. Yeah, yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, I, I don't know. We'll we'll see. I mean, he's not a bad player. He's just it's just a matter of letting him play, I think. And that's yeah. Not I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. No, I think that I think that I don't know. The starting outfield is tough for me because you know. I guess inherently at the beginning, whenever we have been talking about things like in December and whatnot, I just kind of had it in my head. Oh, Dylan Carlson's going to be our starting center fielder. Tyler O'Neill's going to be our left fielder. And Newt's going to start and right. And that's just going to be how it is. But then I guess I got a little bit confused whenever uh, they started having Tyler O'Neill compete with Dylan Carlson in center field because it's like, why would you do that? We've seen flashes where Dylan Carlson can play phenomenal center center field defense last year. And Tyler O'Neill's a two-time gold glove winner in left field. So, like, why don't you just roll with what you got? But instead, they're competing. So I don't I don't really know what that means. I think that maybe I don't know. They're expecting maybe to get rid of one of those guys, figuring out which one of those guys is going to be the most or most easily replaceable, I guess. Uh, because as we said, we've got plenty of young guys who are going to need some opportunities. We got Yepes, you got Burleson, you have Jordan Walker, who is without a doubt going to be on our roster at some point this year, whether it's yeah. starting out, whether it's by May or June, or whether it's the all-star break, Jordan Walker will be in the MLB. And then you've got, you know, whoever else needs some at bats that can come up and, you know, fill in and slot in in our outfield. I mean, Brendan Donovan might have to slot in every now and then, but right. So Which I just, he can. and he, he absolutely can. But then I was kind of thinking about it and I don't know if you guys have been keeping up with Japan. Uh, Lars Newbar has been starting in center field for Japan and playing absolutely lights out in the field. Yeah. I would so much like, rather have him at center field than Tyler O'Neill personally. Quite but. frankly, I think I'd rather have him in center than anybody. I think I'd rather have Carlson in right field. 
Yeah, I, I but, mean that that's that's Carlson's position. So, but the thing is with Dylan Carlson is it it I don't know. I know that you guys are a lot higher on Dylan Carlson than I am, and it's not that I don't think that he's a good player. I think he has every you know all the ability in the world to be a good outfielder. But I think that his projections were just set too high whenever he was coming up. Like he's our first round pick in like 2016 and all that, expecting him to be like the guy. And he just, he hasn't turned out that way. And I don't know. I think that, I think that this might be a hot take. I think that Dylan Carlson's going to have a hard time keeping his job if he struggles with the bat like he did last year, hitting 236. I think that Tyler O'Neill is in worse trouble of losing his job. I'd say they both are. Yeah. I think yeah, I would put, I think I would definitely put O'Neill in trouble of losing his over Carlson. And it's just a, based on an age thing. That's really it. Um, they're both good defensively. Uh, they can both swing the bat. The only thing is Tyler O'Neill can hit 40 home runs in a season. And that's it, which I will say Carlson's looked a lot better in spring training um, of late than, than what I expected. Um, But yeah, I agree. There's going to be, there's going to have, somebody's going to leave no doubt by the end of the season An outfielder will be gone. And and nothing against O'Neal. I just think Jordan Walker slots more as the corner outfielder than he does a center fielder. Yeah, so put Newt in center, Tyler O'Neill in left, and put Jordan Walker in right. I just I'm not ready to give up on Tyler O'Neill. It's like you said there's an age difference. Yeah, Dylan Carlson's 24, but like it's not like Tyler O'Neill's an old man. He's 27. But he'll like be 28 this year, but No, he'll be 28. Okay, whatever. Okay. Dylan Carlson will be 25. So uh but it's like Whenever I look at the two, like batting statistically, like you said, Tyler O'Neill can put up forty bombs. He can he can put up thirty bombs pretty much whenever he wants, as long as he's healthy. Which okay, whenever he's healthy. Well, and he's not striking out. Well, and he's not striking out. But like Tyler O'Neill could put up thirty a thirty five bomb season right now. I'm not convinced Dylan Carlson could ever put up a thirty five bomb season. Mm-hmm. It's like the thing about Tyler O'Neill is also whenever he did hit 34 home runs in 2021, he also batted 286 and had an yeah. OPS of 912. Like that's that's really 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 solid. And I mean, granted, Dylan Carlson's only been in the league for three years, when he had like his first full season in 2021, he batted 266, but he's got some growing to do. Yeah, and I'm maybe this this year if he doesn't have a good year this year, then it's. Yeah, it's probably not gonna. I mean, he's pro. His chances go way down. Um, he's he's got too much competition. Not not just in Tyler O'Neill, but he's got too much competition in Jordan Walker and Alec Burleson and potentially Juan Yepes. And they're going to be taking some of his at bats and some of his starts away. I yeah. I mean, yeah, potentially. We'll see what happens. I mean, there's no telling. I will say Alec Burleson. I pulled his numbers up um, in AAA. 432 at bats. Um, 143 hits, 20 home runs, 87 RBIs, 331 with an OPS at 904. So yeah, you can't you can't hit that in AAA and be bad. 
No, that's that's the kid, the kid I've is heard, good. I've heard so many people talking shit on Alec Gross, and I'm like, ah. And what's his exact age? Twenty four. Okay, stud. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I went to the Cardinal Caravan back in January after our year end special. Dude seemed like he was just genuine. Well, that goes a long way for you, doesn't it, Red? Well, yeah. Yeah, because that's why you hate Trevor Bauer. You think he's not genuine. Hey, Trevor Bauer is as genuine as they get. I think he's a piece of shit. Well, he's <laughs> not. You're wrong. Sorry. He's great. He, we he, don't... Won, a, he won a Mickey Mouse Cy Young Award. It's still a Cy Young. He's still in the books. It's more Cy Youngs than uh, some pitchers that we have have. It's more Cy Youngs than anybody on our pitching staff. Yes. But the outfield will be fun. It'll be a fun competition. I really think that you hit the nail on the head whenever you said that it's just going to be a constant revolving door of guys. Um, it's, it's, I, we saw it last year, as you said, that, you know, different lineup every day, just depending on who's batting or who's pitching, rather. Um, I think we're going to see the same thing, except see that probably all season long. Uh, yep. And, what I want to touch on is I was going to say something about how we could play. The cool thing about our outfield is any given guy that we don't play could be a DH in, in our outfield. I mean, Juan Yepes, he's going to, he can hit bombs. Dylan Carlson, he can drive, drive the ball hard and hit bombs. Um, Newt Bar, he can hit bombs. O'Neill hit bombs. Burleson, he can hit bombs too. Um, everybody can hit for power in the outfield. Jordan Walker, obviously. Um, but we're forgetting the DH spot is always going to be taken by Paul DeYoung. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Shut true, your though, mouth. You know? No, it's not. Paul DeYoung, no. No, no, no. I can no. see. I bet Paul DeYoung plays 10 times more than what anybody wants him to this year. And I bet most of the time it's at DH. I think here's my, here's my hope. Okay. Everybody who listens to this knows how I feel about Paul DeYoung. I'm not going to get fired up talking about how much I hate Paul DeYoung, at least not the first episode. Maybe come May, whenever he's played in half our games and struck out and every one of them he's played in, maybe I'll have some different words. But here's the thing with Paul DeYoung. Regardless of how much I hate him, which is a lot, regardless of how bad he is, which is just fucking awful, the only thing, like, we had just talked about all these young guys who we need slotting in at least getting at bats in the DH. We talked about all those guys in the outfield, but then you also have Nolan Gorman who needs at bats to develop. You're going to have Wilson Contreras probably whenever he's not catching, which is probably going to be 60 to 70 games out of the year. He's going to be filling in at DH. You can't be throwing Paul DeYoung in there, a washed up 30 year old guy who's not even going to be on the team next year. You can't be throwing him in there hoping that he finds his stroke back whenever you have guys that can hit as a DH and be two times as productive than Paul De, Paul DeYoung was ever was. At least you can't you can't you can't be this is not the season to be letting him try to figure it out. You just can't waste your time on him anymore. No, well we we w- wasted Yogs and Alberts last season. Last year, 
trying to fuck around with Paul Young, and look where that got us. Beat by the fucking Phillies. I hate Paul Young. I mean, I don't think that we had a, uh, I don't think we had a chance at the World Series last year, to be honest with you. Um, <clears throat> but still, we, we should have made it to, made it to the division series. I don't know. I think, I think that if we beat the Phillies, we get throttled in the next round. But well, that yeah. would be the division series. Okay, sorry, Red, but yeah, it's the thing about it is though, and I completely agree with you, Rim, but the the reality of the situation is how much are we paint Paul DeYoung. I don't look, I know that's, as, that's, as that's the only argument there is for why mm-hmm. he's playing. Exactly. It's it the is only argument. And it, exactly. It sucks. It's true though. And it's going to be the case until next year. The only thing, no, I'm not even going to say it. No, never mind. Moving I mean, on. Hey, he's he's hitting the whole 154 in spring training this year. He's he's back. Yeah, hey, that's 50 points higher than last year. Yeah, no shit. We'll see what happens. I don't know. I I, I really don't. I think that uh, I think that he will play a lot more than anybody wants him to. I think that he might even start shortstop. And no, please, he's, he's God, not gonna, no. no, Jake, he's not going to do that. He's not going to start shortstop. He's not going to. Don't even put that uh, thought in my head. He's not going to do that. God damn it. I mean, I, I'd rather have myself playing shortstop than Paul DeYoung. I'm going to argue with that one, Red. I've got my money on Paul DeYoung. <laughs> I've never played shortstop in my life. That's why I got my money on Paul DeYoung. Just, to, just though. you know, just out of pure spite for Paul DeYoung, I agree with you. Ed. I'm with you. <laughs> out of pure spite for him, I don't. Know. Yeah, but I, I, I really don't. In all honesty, don't foresee him getting much playing time at shortstop. It much playing time at shortstop. Um, I think we're gonna have. I think that's gonna be locked up by Tommy Edmond. And I think that second base is going to be locked up between Gorman and Donovan. Um, you, you can't be, yeah, you, you can't be wasting time putting Paul DeYoung in the field and then taking up Tommy Edmond with shortstop. But then in turn, that also only gives one, we only have one DH spot and we've got like three guys that need to be batting all the time. So, or four <laughs> makes it tough. Yeah. You can't you can't not have Brandon Donovan in the lineup whenever he's got an OBP of like three ninety four or whatever it was. You've got to have him in the lineup every day. Yeah, I I do think that we are going to see one young potential star player from the Cardinals be traded this year. I agree. So, and if I had to guess, it's it's he. You want to know who I would like it to be? Well, I I wouldn't say I'd like it to be. But out of everybody that we have that I would be okay with trading, it's going to be Juan Yepes. I don't think Juan Yepes. I think I don't think Juan Yepes is going to get as much as we want out of a trade. I he might not, and maybe that's just how it is. I I have no doubt in my mind that Juan Yepes is good. Well, he is good, and I have no doubt that he's going to be good. But I think whenever you look at all of our young guys, he probably has the lowest ceiling out of everybody. And that is purely based on opinion with nothing to back that up. 
Well, yeah, uh, age. That's what everybody. Twenty four, really. Yeah, and he this last year was his first season. He did okay, but like you said, I mean, we don't need him. Well, um, and quite frankly, what hurt Juan Yepes was the fact that he spent three months in the minor leagues because we were trying to give Paul DeYoung at bats. That was the whole reason because he that was the whole reason Juan Yepes was in the minors when he was in AAA was because that he was batting for us all the time at DH. But as soon as we called Paul DeYoung back up, that took every opportunity away from Juan Yepes until the postseason. Because the the DeWitts think Paul DeYoung is the next Ozzy Smith, but here we are. Mm, I don't think that. I think the DeWitts see that they've lost a shitload of money on Paul DeYoung. They're trying to do anything they can to make it look like they didn't make a huge mistake. Yeah. Well, they made a huge mistake. We'll see. How about that damn, speaking of uh, shortstops, how about that damn Mason Wynn? I love him. I love him. I absolutely love him. He is, I mean, if I didn't expect uh, Jordan Walker to have the spring that he's having, I can guarantee you I did not expect Mason Wynn to have the spring that he's having. Saying, I did not expect Mason Wynn to have the spring he's having because dude's known for his defense, not his offense. Right. He's uh now both both have been ridiculously good this year. Yeah, I mean in spring he's batting uh three forty eight, two bombs on base percentage of four twenty nine. He's drawn three walks. Uh, he's got an OPS of one point oh eight one. How much more do you want from the guy that isn't even known for his bat, that's known for his defense? Not to mention all of the awesome plays that he's made at shortstop. The the kid is just killing it. Yeah, he made, made a fa- fantastic play. Oh, I forget get when, but on a cop stealing the throw is yeah. way off. Somehow he jumped, caught the ball, and put the tag down basically all in one motion. Yeah, that was just yesterday or Saturday, wasn't it? I think yeah. it, it was. It was before I went off to work. So yeah, you know, Red, you said that he was known for defense and not so much offense. I was, I, I had to kind of look into that because I, I wasn't really sure because I remembered him having a really good offensive year last year in the minors, and I mean he batted two eighty three with forty three stolen bases and twelve home runs last year in minor leagues. So, I mean that's pretty good offensive numbers too so in a plus um, ball alone he batted 349 last year yeah That's pretty solid and granted it's a plus but he did I mean, a good job he did well in double a too did a good job i don't know i don't expect mason win to be on the opening day roster definitely no i, I would say mason win to play i don't know I, I just hope that he is on the roster and doesn't get traded <laughs> I do too. Yeah, I was uh, on the fence. I was on the fence piece. about him. I was on the fence about him until I've seen him this spring and actually got to watch him play. And now he's on my untouchable list. Yeah, I, hmm. but I don't think that we'll see him on the roster. Definitely not opening day. That's not going to happen. I, I, don't think it, we'll I was going to say. Roster. I think. I think that there's probably actually a pretty slim chance that he'll see significant time in the majors this year, if any at all. I think they'll probably let him play double A AA and triple A ball and really just uh maybe set 
good enough for the next year too. Um, I don't think he's going to be here this year. Yeah, we'll see. I, I kind of agree. I, I really don't think we'll see him unless, God forbid, something happens to one of our infielders and we have to bring somebody up because that's that would be the case. And as much as I don't want to think that this is true, I can almost see that happening with Jordan Walker. I don't know, but they'll start him off in AAA, um, I bet. And then whenever we feel like we need him, we'll bring him up or until we get enough fans saying it's time to bring him up. Like that's what happened with Gorman last year. Yeah. And then they did. We'll see. We'll see. I have more faith in Mullen Gorman this year. Uh, I think that he actually has taken the time to fix a lot of things that he needed to work on, specifically that high outside fastball that he got struck out on about every time he went up to bat. Um, so I think that he's looked a little bit better there. I mean, he's not looked phenomenal. He still had a few mistakes, but I have seen him be more selective with that pitch in spring training. And it seems like every now and then, whenever he does make contact with that, he actually has been able to drive a few, uh, the opposite way with that high outside fastball. So I'm looking forward to watching Nolan Gorman. I will say just from seeing him play the field, the handful of games that I have, He's made some plays at second base already that I would not have expected him to make last year. Uh, it's very evident just from the little bit, the small sample size that I've seen that he has improved in the field. And that's got me kind of pumped up because if you remember last year, especially um, like whenever he was brought up and then towards the end of the season as well, he was kind of a liability at second base. Like I, whenever the ball got his, his direction, I really didn't know if he was going to make the play or not. Yeah. I mean, and I think that, I think that it wasn't as bad as we thought that it was probably looking back on it now. Like I, I really don't think that his defense was all that terrible. It just wasn't like what we were used to seeing, I think yeah. at second base, which is hard to live up to, um, to be honest, because I think that as a, as a whole, the club was pretty happy with his defense at second base. Um, it just wasn't Tommy Edmond. Yeah. So, um, which, I mean, you got pretty, uh, pretty big shoes to fill there trying to follow up Tommy Edmonds. So yeah. And, and Colton, Colton Wong and Colton Wong. You're right. Many people suspected that Tommy Edmond wouldn't even be able to fill Colton Wong shoes and look how that turned out. Exactly. But all in all, I mean, we've talked a lot about the young guys we talked a lot about, what we're expecting, the amount of fun we're going to have this season. That is one thing that I am kind of optimistic about. I think that the Cardinals are in a good situation where I'm pretty comfortable with many, many, many different lineup combinations that they can put out there, especially in the outfield. There's none of those guys that I think, damn, I really do not want to see them play. I want to see all of those guys get their opportunity, get their shots, get their at-bats, and pretty much the same for everybody on the team except Paul DeYoung. Um, So... I think we're in a good spot because every single guy has the ability to produce. And I think we're going to see a lot and uh, find out a lot about these young guys early on in the season. We're going to find out which ones we're going to trade before the deadline. Pretty much. Yeah. We're going to figure out which ones we're going to trade so we can rebuild our starting rotation, which we need to no talk about. Shit. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be staff, rough. Staff, it's rough. It's going to be rough this year. And then, You've got uh, potentially like three or four guys on our rotation leaving and not returning next year. So we're we're just going to have to have an overhaul. But we've got to get there first. We have to make it through this season with uh, 
what we've gotten. I would say me saying I'm nervous about it is kind of an understatement. Yeah, I, I'm I'm nervous as hell about our pitching staff. There's just there's there's too many unknowns. I don't have faith in Jack Flaherty. I think that he has the potential to be good, but uh, everybody who's in the major leagues has the potential to be good, so doesn't carry really a whole lot of weight with me in that regard. Um, and it's the fact that already in spring training, he was scheduled for two starts that he couldn't make because he was one time he had the flu and the other time he had lower half stiffness or soreness, something like that. And like, yeah, okay. It's, it's only spring training. That's fine. I'd rather you be a little bit more uh, cautious and take, uh, you know, take care of yourself. Don't rush into anything, but buddy, it's, it's spring training. How are you already sore? Like, have you not been working on stuff all all off season? Like, I don't know what to think about that. It, it, it's Jack Larry. Who who the hell knows? Yeah, I don't know. He's just a big pansy ass. He's a he's a fucking diva, if you ask me. <laughs> yeah. Well, he, I, I I have been okay with his pitching though. Yeah, he's he's pitched decent. But yeah, I, I I'm not confident either. His, um, his first outing definitely looked better than his second. His first outing, I think he went like four innings. He only gave up one run, and that was a uh, that was a solo shot. And quite frankly, watching the game, I remember that he shouldn't have even been in that situation in the first place because he got two back to back strikes that were not called. They were definitely in the zone, called balls. So, I mean, take that into consideration. He really shouldn't have even thrown the pitch to the guy that hit the bomb, but it's not how it works. Regardless, that was the only run he gave up. I think he struck out five in that outing. And across four innings of work, that's that's pretty solid. I'm pumped about that. Yeah, and then uh, Matt's came up after that, and Matt's pitched, Man. Um, like, what, 12 up, 12 down or something stupid yep. like that? Yeah. I mean, that... That was way more impressive. Obviously, you know, Flaherty got the start. Flaherty got the attention. Nobody wants to care about Matt's, but Matt's oh. had a way better pitching performance than Flaherty. Nobody except me wants to acknowledge Stephen Matt's. And maybe you guys on this show. Not Big Red, because I know no. Red hates, Red hates hey. Stephen Matt's. Hey, Red. Matt. I can say, say I'm eating, eating my word. You, I, I'm not trying to say I hope you eat your words, Red. But... I love Steven Matz. I think that Steven Matz, if he can stay healthy, if he can avoid getting hurt, Steven Matz has the ability to save our pitching staff this year. Uh, I'm with you, Ram. He, is, he has not the, – the little stints that he's had pitching for the Cardinals with last year being his first year, I don't think are indicative of actually how good he can be. But – if you remember, whenever we had him, he came back from his like MCL injury or whatever, and we put him in the bullpen. Steven Matz was lights out out of the bullpen. Every single time that bastard came in, he was shutting him down. I had nothing to worry about whenever Steven Matz came out of the bullpen. Now, granted, I just hope that that carries over and he's actually able to starting pitch like that this year because, God, he can be good. He can be damn good. 
Yeah, he can. And I think that uh, Jordan Montgomery also should be in that conversation about the turning the rotation around because Montgomery is has the potential to be a big, big part of our uh, rotation, probably a number one, realistically. Well, I think he has the possibility. And we didn't preface this like 20 minutes ago before we started talking about this. Everything that we're saying about spring training, we know that we shouldn't be overreacting, and it's simply nothing more than spring training. I know that. With that being said, everything that we're saying and that we're going to continue talking about is going to be strictly an overreaction. So just preface that. Um, Jordan Montgomery, he's only pitched in two games, only got seven innings under his belt. Quite frankly, he has not looked too good in those seven innings. So... Uh, seven innings pitched in spring, uh, six earned, whip of 1.286. Not phenomenal, but it is also spring training. Maybe he's just trying to figure some stuff out, trying to figure out you know specific release points, uh, figure out just how to work some of his pitches. That's what spring's for, especially for these uh, for these established big leaguers. So hoping he can hoping he can find it. And pr- probably getting used used to working with a new catcher and Wilson Contreras too. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, we'll see. I just I, feel like Jordan Montgomery's stuff at its best is better than what a lot. Oh, no, I'm gonna say not better than the best that we have, but it can be some of the best that we have. I mean, really, you have to think. God, I can't believe I'm about to say this. But if all of our guys can pitch to their potential, we we might have a pretty damn good rotation. If if Flaherty, Montgomery, and Mats can all pitch the way that they have the ability to pitch consistently, then you know Michaelis is going to have some good games. Uh, I'm not saying they're going to be world beaters. But they're going to be a starting rotation that keeps us in some games. Yeah, maybe top 15. I was going to say, I would be happy if they're floating around like the 12th best mark. Yeah, they'll probably realistically, they'll be like probably 19th or 20th. Probably. But I just, I don't have any, I hate to say it because he's, you know, Cardinal great. But I don't have any faith in Adam Wainwright this season. Wayno, I love you. You're phenomenal. But... Sometimes you just got to call it quits. I'm, I hope that you can prove me wrong, but topping out at 86 miles an hour so far through spring in the World Baseball Classic is not going to cut it. Yeah. I, and I know I said this to you guys earlier whenever <clears throat> we were watching him against Great Britain. I said I wasn't exactly liking the way that it looked, and you, you guys said, well, he was looking really good, and I'm thinking that there was probably – four balls that were hit to the warning track in, in oh, a yeah. very big stadium. Yeah. No, I I said that he was looking good for a 41-year-old that throws 86 miles an hour. <laughs> I wasn't saying that he looked fucking phenomenal because he didn't. But I, I don't know. Maybe my expectations are just lower. Uh, they had a lot of hard contact off of him, but I, I don't know. You'd you just got to pitch to the batters at this point in your career. Well, he knows he's not going to go out there and strike out 12. Uh, 
they're going to hit the ball. They're going to put it in play. So the best thing you can do is put as much spin as possible on it and hope they hit it into the ground. Yeah. So Exactly. And it's really it's the only – well, I'll call mistake was a hanging curve. Yeah, he hung that right down the middle. I feel like we're going to see that a lot, though. I think so, too. I don't like it. Well, Wainwright has a good, obviously, <laughs> Wainwright has a good curveball. It's given, but he, and he's not afraid to start that curveball at somebody's eyes and let it drop into the top of the strike zone. And nobody's going to swing at it because nobody wants to pop that pitch up. But yeah. all it takes is starting at about mm, three inches lower, and it's about a 500 foot bomb. Yeah, absolutely. So, well, and and that's, that's, I mean, that's fine. That's, he, that's a, Whatever, and maybe sometimes it drops in, and it makes them makes people just not even, not even do anything about it. Just watch it go go right by, and that does happen a lot. But um, Wainwright is a good pitcher, and he's good at hitting spots. I mean, he's probably one of the best at hitting where he wants to throw it most of the time. So we'll see. As long as you know, it's spring training. Yeah, it's spring training. It is what it is. I, the only thing is, just with any pitcher, not Adam Wainwright, no matter how good you are throwing a curveball. Any kind of breaking pitch is also going to be the hardest to consistently locate. And like you said, that three-inch difference it could can come at any point in time, no matter how confident you are that you're going to hit your spot. So kind of don't like the idea of relying on that, but it is what it is, I guess. Yeah. So we'll see. I, I might be, again, this might be a hot take, but... I'm even less confident in our bullpen than I am our starting rotation. Yeah, yeah, I'm the same way. Bes- but besides Gallegos and Helsley, I- I'm not sure sure who makes the pen. I mean, Polante is going to be good. Yeah, yeah, I forgot about Polante because he's in the WBC for 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 Italy. I was going to say the only guys I feel like we can really consistently count on are Palante and Helsley and a good portion of the time Gallegos not all the time he had some struggles last year definitely but so the majority of the time Gallegos will get the job done. Yeah, but other than that I just I'm I'm kind of like covering my eyes anytime I see anybody else coming into the game. Man Woodford, Woodford might be a like spot starter or a long reliever. I hope so. Woodford needs a shot, man. JoJo might, might be in the pen. Pinky Big Nuts might be in the pen. Hansis Cabrera might be in the pen. I mean, there's a bunch of might bees. Well, and the thing is, all those guys are capable of being decent, and all those guys are capable of giving up six runs at any given time. Exactly. So, I don't know. Well, moving right along. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's going to be fun. That's all I'll say. I mean, I don't, I don't really feel like it, we have too much to talk about with our uh, corner infield spots because those guys are going to do what they do. They're going to get traded. That. Shut up. Shut your mouth. <laughs> yeah, shut shut your damn mouth. I refuse any Arenado slander. But 
Arnado's going to do what he does. Paul Goldschmidt's going to do what he does. Tommy Edmond is going to play the field the way he does. Brendan Donovan's going to get on base the way he does. Those are mainstays, and I'm perfectly happy with every single one of those mainstays we have in the lineup. Yeah, yeah, and and Nile and Goalie have been look, looking good from what I saw in WBC. Oh yeah, I mean, even before they left, I think Arnado was batting like five sixty or something like that in spring training. No, maybe not five sixty, maybe four sixty, something like that. I don't know. He's batting well. Yeah, across his uh, yeah, he's well, he's batting five seventy one so far in spring, not counting the WBC, which. What he went go three for five the other night against Great Britain. Granted, didn't have a phenomenal game against uh, Mexico, but not too many people did for us. Right, I didn't. I was not interested in that game, dude. I we can talk about the World Baseball Classic a little bit, mostly just Team USA. But <sighs> last night was rough to watch as a Team USA fan. Um. I'm I'm not I don't want to dog on them too much because I'm not gonna slander anybody that represents Team USA, but it really seems like we dropped the ball when it came to getting some pitchers. Yeah. Um, we just we really do not have that ace in the hole, those shutdown guys like we've had in the past, and it's uh it was very very evident last night whenever a uh, I don't want to. I don't want to say that Mexico's not good because they're good, but like Mexico's not the best team we're going to face for sure. And we got absolutely throttled by them. And yeah, and Mexico got uh, beat by Colombia. Is that right? Uh, I haven't really been keeping up, except for keeping up with player Cardinal players that's playing. For uh, for you know the team, their countries, we, yeah, we've got think... like, we've got like seventeen guys in the organization playing for every team. So yeah, you're right. I think you're right. With they got beat by Colombia, but still, it uh, I don't know. They just it's so hard looking at team USA, whenever we have the offensive lineup that we have, it's really tough looking at them and not envisioning them scoring like 10 fucking runs a game. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, I mean, I thought my idea whenever I looked at our roster was like, well, yeah, our pitching's not great, but we're going to score 12 runs a game. So it doesn't really matter. Um, It definitely does matter because Everybody up and down the lineup has not been phenomenal. I mean, there's been spurts. Schwarber had a huge bomb for us the other night. Nolan Arenado had a good game against Great Britain. But just hate to see it, honestly. It, it just really seems like the other teams want it more. It really seems like it actually means something to them. And maybe it does, playing the United States. Maybe it's a chance for these Central American teams to kind of get one up on us. And maybe they just actually care a little bit more about it than we do. Um, that's the way it seemed anyways whenever you watched all those guys playing for Team Mexico were just absolutely fired up anytime something went their way mm-hmm. it, it it was uh, as a fan of Team USA it made me envious that our guys were not like that it's like hey 
I know for some of you guys, this might not like mean anything, but you're still, you're still representing the country, bro. Like I want to see it. I want you to want it if you're going to be out there. And I didn't, I didn't see that from some guys. Yeah, it's, it's, it was rough, rough seeing the dog out that quiet. I don't know uh, if everybody I mean, was just a little shell shocked from uh, getting absolutely mutilated by Mexico or what the deal was, but um, that game, just from the energy Mexico was bringing, that game was over before it started. Well, yeah, I mean that that game was sold out too. It had been sold out for a week. Yeah. And, and can, can we mention how bad Great Britain's away uniforms are? Yeah, they were pretty bad. No, not not the. Uh, I don't know how long it took to make our logo, but it took me. T- t- took me five minutes to make it, and, and I think it looks better than Great Britain's fought f- across the front of their jerseys. Yeah, absolutely. And, I, and it took me five minutes on the phone to do it. <laughs> well, all right. Maybe well, that just damn. speaks to your talents, Red. Yeah, maybe maybe uh, graphic design is your calling, Red. No, no, it's not. I can tell you that much. Okay. It's it's security guard, right? Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, what's next on our agenda? What do we got? Is that it? Uh, basically. Okay, well, I mean, what are you guys? Are we thinking we're going to start being able to pump out weekly episodes again? Yeah, I mean, we're starting the season. I think... Might as well. Uh, I, th- I yeah, think might either well. weekly or bi-weekly until the season starts. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, granted, the season starts uh, in like two weeks, so <laughs> true. You know, yeah, we'll give you we'll give you one next week, and then we'll do weekly. Well, okay, works for me. Okay. Yeah, the the, the only thing left is big, big red red stats and facts. Oh, big red power hour. <laughs> Red, how long is this one going to be? Oh, um, not very long. Just okay. Top, top five logos, premieres gone by, and some. Just the last three stuff. months in Cardinals history today. <laughs> no, no. no. <laughs> All right, Red. Well, I'm going to start off with the, uh, the some the top five throwback. And they're basically, basically my criteria is that they're not the main logo used by the team, that by the team. And the honorable mentions are the Diamondbacks original A logo. All the reason it's not in the t- top five is because they j- just changed the cut. The Padres swinging Friar logo, and the Orioles swinging Oriole logo, and then the top five is the Houston Astros original logo, which was a literal forty-five with smoke coming out of it, saying "Colt 45s. Hell yeah. 
Number four is the Montreal Expos logo used from 1969, nice, to 2004. <laughs> number, th number three is the Rays Rainbow Devil Rays logo. Used from 1998 to 2001. Number two is the Angels Anaheim Winged A logo used from the same time period, 1997 to 2001. And number one is the Cardinals what I'm called Angry Bird logo from the 1980s. And and then some interesting facts. Stan Musial ranked top ten, now top thirty in singles, doubles, triples, and and thirty second home runs, despite him missing a full season due to World War Two. Rogers Hornsby. This is a two-piecer, get, gets his name from his mother's maiden name. So that's why it's Rogers Hornsby instead of Roger Hornsby. And a fun, little fun stat that he had, he hit 406, had a 484 on percentage, and a slugging percentage in wins, and slashed... 312, 384, and 486 in losses. Dan Musial was baseball's first player to hit over 400 career homers and over 3,000 career hits. Bob Gibson had .98 ERA over a 30 stretch from September 12, 1967 to September 6, 1968. Randy Poffo, a.k.a. Macho Man Randy Savage, splashed 282, 400, and 441 in 1973, which was his last year in the Cardinals minor league, where he played 289 games. And that's it. There you go. <laughs> good job, Brad. Some good facts yeah, well, there. Well known fact. Macho Main Randy Savage was the Cardinal prospect. There you go. All right. Well, hey, I'm just happy to be back. Happy that Cardinal Baseball's back. Happy that we're gonna be talking about it each week. I'm just I'm ready. This season's gonna be good. I can feel it. I don't wanna do you guys have any uh like too early predictions for the year. Um, like what's our what's our what's ninety one win wins? Total? Oh shit! Okay, well, good call. We were on the same page. Ninety one. Mm -hmm. Like what? That's that's you. That's what you really think, or that's where you think. That's what I like, hope. That's what you hope. I don't know. I'm gonna be honest. I I've went back and forth with it. 
Originally, I said 91 was going to be the high end of what we win. Then I kind of thought at one point in December, like 85 was going to be the high point of what we win. But I don't know. Just seeing how this team's hitting the ball in spring training, seeing how some of these guys are performing, I, I'm very, very convinced we're going to win over 90 games. I'm saying at least 90 wins. Okay. At least. Okay. I'm going to say if we're going at least, I'm going to say at least 84. I think we're going to win at least 30 games. Yeah, I would definitely say at least 30. Yeah. But, but, but I do think the NL Central is going to be a bloodbath between the Cardinals and Brewers. I think so. Just I think be, the Brewers have the upper Brewers hand. Brewers have the pitching. Yeah, I was going to say exactly that. Brewers have the upper hand with pitching, but Cardinals have the upper hand with the lineup. So it's going to be a toss-up. I don't know. I don't know if the Brewers have the supporting cast in the lineup to back things up. I mean, they're returning Rowdy Telez. Christian Yelich could have another breakout season at any given point in time. They also got Jesse Winker. I love Jesse Winker. Uh, I think he's going to be a good addition for him. Yeah. He's he's going to be a good addition for him, but it's going to be tough. I really, 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 really think that there's a possibility. There's a good possibility that this team is going to not only make, but win the NLCS this year. Hmm. I am... I'm going to I'm throwing a bold prediction out there. Uh we're going to have a World Series in the next 3 years. My bold prediction is Nolan Arenado wins the MVP, Paul Goldschmidt is top 5. Yeah, I've already got money on Arenado to win the MVP, so I hope you're right. I'm saying Nara wins it and Goldie finishes top five, if not top three. That Andrew Kisner hits 40 home runs. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) I'm going to be happy if Andrew Kisner bats 250. I'll be stoked. Yeah. But I think I've got money on Arenado to win the MVP. I've got money on Jordan Walker to win Rookie of the Year. So kind of hoping both those guys show out. But yeah, we'll see. All right. Anybody got anything else? Nope. I don't. All right. Red, close us out. Anybody? Final last words, Red? Well, I I know we're not doing play, players of the week right now, but the first b- Big Reds Boom Shakalaka Award goes to Jordan Walker. I love it. And that's all I've got. Thanks for listening, and we're out.